Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. And I'm glad you're here. If you've joined me before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome. Glad you found the channel. And if you are listening on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification button and come back. And if you're listening on Facebook, like the page you're on, and then you will get notifications of what's coming up. So tonight, we are going to be talking about 10 nasty ways hijackles are predictably unpredictable. Now, you know that they do certain things, but sometimes they catch you off guard or sometimes you're hoping that they won't do that anymore. And sometimes you don't see the patterns because they're not always doing these things. So I just wanted to do a little capsule thing of these 10 things that you can actually count on that they will do and they are predictable that they will do them, but they do them at odd times, perhaps, and that makes them unpredictable. And if you have been enjoying <clears throat> the podcast, I invite you to um, support the podcast. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash sanity. patreon.com slash sanity. You can give a one-time donation or a monthly donation to help out. And thank you for doing that. So we have these people in our lives, these people I call hijackals. And for those of you who haven't heard before, that's my term for people who hijack relationships for their own purposes and interests and to get their needs met. And then they relentlessly scavenge these relationships for power, status, and control. Does that sound like someone you know? Could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be a partner, could be an ex. Somebody maybe fits in that category for you. And so they have these 10 things. Of course, they have many more. But these 10 things that I just want to highlight in this episode so that you can recognize them all in one place. So the first one is that you can count on the fact that you will always be wrong. No matter what happens, the hijackal has to, quote unquote, win. They have to feel in every circumstance, in every conversation, in every relationship, that they have to dominate. They have to win. They have to be the one that takes off with the goodies. And so they will do anything to do that. So one of the things that will be sure is you will be wrong. You will not get your point across. You will not get what you're looking for or asking for because they don't want you to have power. They want all the power. And they do suck the air out of the room when they're doing that because they are insistent. And you know they will flip from one idea to another. If it doesn't get the what the result they want is, 
They will then shift it, maybe flip it 180 degrees, or maybe shift it in small pieces until they get what they want. So you can absolutely count on the fact that you're going to be wrong most of the time in their eyes, and that what you do is going to be wrong. Have you ever had that feeling, no matter what, you just can't get it right with them? Even if they tell you exactly what they want, and you do exactly what they said, then they magically move the markers, and you didn't get it right. And that's how they maintain control and power over you. They are not going to give you the satisfaction of getting it right. That's one of the ways that they feel superior to you, that they can keep moving the marker so that you can't do it. You know, parents do that. Hijackle parents in particular do that. You'll get that old example of all A's and one B. And do they say anything about the A's? No. What happened to the B? right? You can't get it right. Because if you got it right, then they are not winning and they may be in the wrong and they're not going to allow that to happen. So if you're in a relationship of any kind, you know, if you had hijackal parents, you're likely to have a first major relationship or marriage with a hijackal partner. If you have hijackal siblings, you may find these traits there. You may find that if you had hijackal parents, these traits are also in your friends because you didn't know what all this was. It all seemed familiar to you, natural, the way it was at home. And so you may have perpetuated that out even in your relationships with friends. And when I'm working with clients, we point that out because it's very important to be able to see it. <clears throat> and if at any time you'd like to work with me, I have a new client one-time, one-hour offer at beaclient.com for only $97. So go to beaclient.com and register there. So <clears throat> with all that going on, and you can't be wrong, you can't you can't not be wrong is what I meant to say, because the hijackle always has to be on top. So is that familiar to you, that that's a pattern in a relationship, or now that you think of it, in more than one relationship? Because particularly, as I said, if you had a hijackal parent, it skews and warps the way that you create relationships. So that's something that you can change. That's the good news. Come on over to beaclient.com and we'll talk about it. So the second thing is that not only will you always be wrong, but everything will be your fault. Now that's a big deal, isn't it? Everything is going to be your fault. And that's different than being wrong. They need someone to blame and they do what we call blame, blame shifting. And I did an entire episode on blame shifting. So you can go and find that wherever you like to get your podcasts. Or if you want to go to my page, go to saveyoursanitypodcast.com and learn about blame shifting in depth. Because even if you're trying to say to them, it would be really helpful if you did this differently, you know it's going to get completely put back on you and say, you, you do that. That's how you do it. Or you're always complaining. 
you will have the blame shifted back onto you each time you try to just even get a little bit of cooperation or a little understanding, or you make even the tiniest request. Hijackles have difficulty with that. Why? Because they have to be the person who's at the center of attention. And do you want something? Hmm, how dare you? So there are differences between you have to be wrong and you will always have find that things are your fault. But these things are predictable. They will happen. That's how hijackers think they maintain control. Number three is that no matter what, no matter where you've been, no matter how long you've been together, you will notice that stories will be changed to be in the favor of the hijacker. Sometimes they'll change the story always the same way. Sometimes they'll change the story to suit the crowd they're with. And they expect that you will go along with them embellishing or leaving things out or actually making up much of the story. That you will not embarrass them and say, no, that's not how it happened. But Absolutely, you can count on the fact that they will change the stories and they will make themselves the hero or the victim. They will manufacture some way of becoming the center of that story in a positive way to them, that they will get attention or they will get sympathy or they will be la- get a laugh from the crowd. And they don't care about the accuracy of the story at all. And they really do like to tell a story at your expense. You've probably noticed that as well. So they'll tell a story in public that embarrasses you or humiliates you or puts you down. And they will go for the laugh from other people, even if the other people are laughing because they feel awkward and uncomfortable. But they will go for the laugh because it's all about them. So not a surprise that their stories change. And another way the stories change is when they know that they have done something that is less than wonderful, they will tell the story completely differently and hope that you will second guess your remembrance of events. It's crazy making behavior. Being with hijackers is crazy making. And I'm sure that you can agree because you're always in this flip situation. Nothing is written in stone. Nothing is ever entirely accurate. And everything is to their benefit, or at least that's what they think. So number four is what they expect of you is not what they expect of themselves. So they will demand that you do things and do them in a certain way. And they will do those same things in a very different way or in a very nonchalant or casual way while holding a high bar for you to reach. So they have high expectations of you. They make demands and they will not allow you to do the same to them. And they will make you wrong, refer to number one, (laughs) they will make you wrong for even suggesting that there is some similarity or should be equality between how you treat them and how they treat you. No, because they always believe they should be on top. That's why they change the stories. That's why everything is your fault. 
So when this is happening, become more and more aware that it's about what they expect from you is different than what you're allowed to expect from them. And that's crazy making. You know, in episode 115, I talk about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, any healthy adult relationship. And these are the three things you will never have in a relationship with a hijacker. Equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. You can never have equality with them because they always have to be on top, better than you, more vocal than you, more skilled than you, more successful than you, or more the victim than you. You won't get reciprocity because that would imply equality that you would give to one another in equal flow, not a tit for tat or a scoreboard, but there would just be flow between what you do for each other and the expectations and the ability to count on one another. And you won't get mutuality because mutuality is based on really knowing each other emotionally, knowing what each other wants, what each other values, and doing our best to live within that model and get uh, offer help to our partner or whomever the relationship is with so that they can succeed and they can grow and they can get what they want and we do the same for them. But when you're with a hijackal, you're not going to have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. You know that. It never works that way. Because the whole basis is equality. And there is no equality in a relationship with a hijackal. So are you shaking your head yes? You know, like, no, how do you know? Or are you nodding yes? Yes, it's exactly what happens because it is. And I think everyone will agree that it's happened to them if you're on this call because you're thinking of a hijackal as I'm speaking, that particular one, maybe two or three, if you're in a family of them and you're going, yes, that's what's going on. They are always expecting more of me than I'm allowed to expect of them. So number five is they demand loyalty and almost never give it. They have these high expectations that you will be entirely on their team and that you will support whatever they say or do. And you should do that because they deign to be in relationship with you. I mean, that's just the expectation that you will be loyal to them no matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter how they mess up, you will be loyal to them. And yet, they're not loyal to you. That's not something that's on their their cards. <laughs> they don't care about you. Yeah, sure, they care about you in a hot minute when they think you're going to leave them or when they're love bombing because they really want something from you. But it's not caring about you on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis. So they will only be loyal in a moment. They will not be loyal over time, but you are expected to be loyal every second, whether you're asleep or awake. And when you think about it, they demand that loyalty. They shame you into loyalty or do their best to do that. And then they'll say those broadsiding remarks about you in public, showing no loyalty to you at all. And that is predictably 
unpredictable. You don't know when it's coming, but you can predict that it will be coming. It's exhausting. You know, many of you have been listening to the podcast for a while, so you know I had a hijackal mother, a hijackal father, and I'm an only child. So, of course, not knowing these things, no podcast for me to listen to when I was a kid, I went out and, of course, married a hijackal. Didn't want to, but guess what? I left him before we were married. I said, I don't want this relationship. What did he do? He started courting my parents and my godparents. He would go to their homes. He would bring flowers. He would bring chocolate. He would talk about how much he loved me and all that he was going to do for me. And even though I wasn't speaking to him, he just wanted them to know that he was true and he was loyal and he was all those things. And after nine, 10 months of my parents and my godparents saying to me, What's wrong with you? This person is wonderful. You know, he speaks so highly of you. He loves you so much. What is wrong with you? That I gave in and I married him. I knew not to, but I married him. I remember on the journey to the church, white dress, veil over my face, all of that. And I'm saying to my maid of honor, this is an intellectual decision I hope I can live with. Because the hijackals ganged up on me, and I finally gave in. I mean, someone tells you over and over that this person really loves you, and you're missing something incredibly wonderful, and how could you be so blind as to miss this? You'll start to second-guess yourself and say, maybe that's the case. So they demand this loyalty, but they don't give it. And, of course, he cheated. Of course, he did all kinds of things. Because he got me, and once he had got me, it didn't matter how he treated me. And that's how hijackals roll. Whether the hijackal is a male or a female, there are equal numbers of them. They present a little bit differently, but there are equal numbers of men and women who are hijackals. So don't be thinking that I'm talking about any one gender. They all roll the same way. It just happened that I was married to a man. So I'm telling you that story. Now, number six, they feel so entitled to know where you are all the time. It's it's a kind of surveillance. They blow up your phone. They want to know where you are. Where are you going? How long will it take? Who are you going to be with? Who are you talking with on the phone? Why can't I have the codes to your phone? Why can't you share your email passwords? Why can't I have access to everything in your life so that I can control it? And when I'm working with my clients, it's really important to be shutting down some of this finding out if you have a a tracker on your phone, finding out if you have a tracker on your car, finding out if there are hidden surveillance cameras in your home. All of these things are not above hijackals to do. They will do them. And the more extreme of the hijackals will do it more extremely. So it's important to realize that they feel entitled to take over your life and know every breath you take and where you take it and for how long. That's predictable. Now, every now and again, I'll meet a hijackal who really feels that they've got homes sewn up 
that they can uh, monitor it from far away if they want to. And they've nailed it down. They've got a good narrative. I have a, I have a partner. I have children. I have a house. I have a job. It all looks good. And then they just go do what they very well please. They don't care what you do because they don't want to be present. But those ones are quite rare. So that's number six. They're entitled to know where you are at all times, they think. They are not entitled to that. They are not entitled to be standing outside the bathroom door wondering how long you're going to be in there and what are you doing all the time. None of those things are okay. That's a very fearful person. All hijackals are fearful. Don't put your compassion hat on. That is just a fact. They don't need to be, oh, isn't that sad? No. They need that fear to be ameliorated over and over. That's why they blow up your phone. I need, I'm anxious. Where are you? Why aren't you under my control? Why don't I know where you are? Not your job to take care of their fear. But if you were with a healthier human, you would say where you're going and they would trust you. Not so with the hijackals. All right, number seven. They honestly believe that anything they want to control, they can. Anything. Many times they will want to control you by isolating you. They will want to have this romantic notion, let's go off and live in a forest and move far away from everything and grow our own vegetables. Or let's have a fresh start in another city. Somewhere where you have no family, you have no friends, you have absolutely nothing. And they will try and engage you in that life so that they can isolate you and control you. So you have to turn to them for everything. They do that with aplomb. They want to control the finances. Now, again, every now and again, I'll meet someone who's with a hijackal and the hijackal won't want anything to do with the finances because they want to be able to go off and do their career or have fun or do their sports or do whatever. And they don't want to be having to deal with the details of life. But it's rare. Usually they have control of the finances. They want control of the home. They want control of time. They want control of the children. I worked with a client the other day who was told that they were not allowed to intervene by saying anything when the partner was disciplining the children. Not allowed to say a thing at all, ever, that the disciplining was the hijackal's job and the other parent was not allowed to speak. Now that's going for the ultimate in control, right? <laughs> that uh, I will control everything in my domain. Some hijackals, you come out feeling you look pretty good and they say, you're not going out like that, are you? I'll control what you wear. I'll control everything about you. And that's predictable. They want control. They need control. That fear that they have all the time, uh-uh. It cannot be that anything is beyond their control. And not every one of them, as I say, is is having to control every last thing, but their general intent is to control you and everything around you. And number eight is that they will lie to you. They will lie to you with a straight face. 
they will lie to you in one instance and they will say something completely different in the next and you will say, but you said that the other day and they'll say, you don't listen very well. This is what the truth is. So were they lying then or are they lying now? But they will lie to you. They will. Big ways, small ways, and everything in between. So you really can't trust a hijackle to tell you the truth. It's the same way when they're modifying the stories that I mentioned in number three. It's close to the truth, but it isn't the truth. And they are the masters of what I call the plausible lie. There is just enough real stuff in there to make you think, okay, maybe I shouldn't make a fuss. It's not all real, but it kind of makes sense, or it could be, and you as a healthier human, you give them the benefit of the doubt, and they come to rely on being given the benefit of the doubt. So they lie to you with a plum. And after a while, you're so exhausted that you don't really care. You don't keep track. For many people, that's the case because you have come to know it's predictable that they're going to be lying. Number nine is they will offer to go to counseling or therapy when they want to impress you or want to keep you. And even if they come, the majority of them will go to therapy or come to therapy if they're going to see me and they will do it to have a narrative to tell I went to therapy but maybe they went two three times that's all and then they stormed off in a huff as soon as they were asked what their part in the difficulty was and hijackles are quite quite predictable in the fact that if they storm out of counseling when you ask them um, their part in something, then it's not that they're they're going to talk about how dare you, I'm embarrassed, or talk about the subject at hand. They are going to whip around and start saying, who do you think you are? We don't need this kind of thing. We don't need people meddling in our life, and they'll question my credentials, and they'll do all kinds of things, and to make them puffed up and feel so righteous and so right and make me so wrong and make their partner who's sitting there hopeful realize that, oh, that's what they do. And then they'll say to their partner, come on, we're leaving. And then the partner is in that terribly stuck place. Like they want help. They desperately want help. And yet the control and what they will be met with if they don't go has to be balanced with getting some help. So they will say that they're going to counseling or they say that they should go to counseling or they say they will go to counseling when something happens. But even if they do come, they come from a very short time in most cases. Now, very covert hijackles will hang in because they're going to play the victim. And they are looking for information about their partners. And the more disordered and dysregulated the hijackal is, the more they will go to great lengths to try and get dirt on you. (laughs) And so sometimes they will actually hang in and go to therapy for a long time. I've had that happen too. And they're the most difficult for me to detect because they're always just playing the edges. But we get there in the end and figure it out. So we've got nine things that they do. And the last one is that they lose control over themselves 
and they go into rage or the silent treatment when they do it. They cannot keep themselves in control at those moments. Many times I say, because of brain development and emotional things in upbringing, that when you scratch a hijack call, you're going to find a response of a three to seven-year-old emotionally because they just lose it when they can't get their own way. Just like that child at the checkout who's been told no candy down there on the floor, hitting their heels and screaming, and I hate you, uh, all of that stuff. Similarly, you'll see that when a hijack call believes that they are not getting what they want. So they will rage. And if raging doesn't make you turn and do what they want, they will then engage in the silent treatment. And they will withhold themselves affection, words, acknowledgement, in the hopes that you will come begging for it. And I've given other episodes with this in it and tell you, you know, don't give it to them if you can possibly not, because don't give them the apology. Usually you haven't even done anything wrong, but they are looking for power over you. So they will do the silent treatment, having you guess and having you feel like they're shutting me out. Well, they are. They're stonewalling you. Um, they're, I need them. I need them. I need them to talk to me. They're counting on you being needy. And so when they withhold something, you will need it more. And they will feel very powerful in those moments. So they lose control of themselves quite quickly with their rages, don't they? It can be something very, very benign, something mundane and small, and they'll have an over-the-top, out-of-proportion reaction to it. And after a while, you can predict they're either going to fall silent and give us the silent treatment or they're going to go into rage and we are going to lose any potential family time or couple time while they do that, because everything again goes back to number one, you will always be wrong. And number two, everything will be your fault. So I hope that this running down this list of nasty ways that hijackals are predictably unpredictable will help you see them all in one place. Yeah, that happens and that happens and that happens and that happens and be able to take stock of that for yourself. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you'd like to uh, work with me, you can come to beaclient.com and, uh, and take advantage of my new client opportunity there. If you would like to be a member of my Emerging Empowered community, you can go to joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com and become a member of the community. And there are lots of perks and free gifts for you over there. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, 
or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.